What's going on, everybody? This is City Wrestling Radio, and this, this is the B Show. I'm your host, Corey Smith. I'm in the Diamond Studio today with my my co-host today, my my fellow beekeeper of the B Show, because that's where we keep the bees. Happy Thanksgiving, pilgrims. And happy John thanks- Wayne here. No, it's Michael Vergara. That, damn it. That's a sound effect I should have gotten. Yeah, oh, I know. Well. I know. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Um, happy Thanksgiving to you, too, Michael. Happy th- I, You as well. Thank you. You I, as well. I appreciate that because it's definitely something, um, you know, we, we've gathered together with our friends, family, uh, loved ones, or not so We're loved gathered ones. gathered here today to go through something so-called, oh, there's turkeys dancing Man, all around where here. Where did they record that? We pardoned the gobbledygooker, and I think it was in a barn. Yeah. Yeah, I went to a barn and I recorded that this weekend just for the show, Michael. God, you're, you dedicated you dedicated an entire week just for those three seconds. Good, good job. Just for those three seconds. Anyway, not even three seconds, probably. Anyways, um, wrestling happened. Wrestling happened. We're here to talk about City Wrestling Radio and wrestling happened. Yeah. That should be our that should be our uh, our slogan. We're still shopping around slogans. We'll yeah. just say wrestling happened. You know, it's only been about. That would be a great. That would actually. It's only been we'll, about three we'll workshop years. that. Just edit this out. No, no, I don't like to edit. It's okay. fine. We like to plant things in front of the fans. Anyways, NXT, AEW <laughs> That's Dynamite. another slogan. We plant things in front of the fans. Uh, and also, i uh, got some news to talk about. Of course, we're going to talk a little bit about the whole Mauro Ronaldo, uh, Corey Graves situation. Just a little bit. Keep you updated on what, what's happened since me and Jose talked about it the other day. Um, got some uh, ratings for a, uh, WWE Backstage. And then whatever else we find while we're talking <laughs> and about those it. stories, I mean, that's all. The, that's all the ratings like we're we're given today. I mean, the ra- usually Wednesday night war ratings like happen usually, around like one p.m. Yeah, usually we do the show about uh, like four thirty yeah. in the afternoon, and but it's Thanksgiving, and by four thirty, so the guy doing the count like I want to do it. I want some turkey. I want some turkey. Uh, where's the where, where where is it? You need you need to be on top of these soundboards if you're really gonna go all in on these. What the turkey? Yeah, the, yeah. See, I was going to do. Why is the beef? Because you said there's turkey. no, but then there's no. Oh. I love beef. I don't love turkey. I hate turkey, actually. Yeah. Anyways. We could talk about food if we want. Anyways, guys, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe at CWR415. It's the best way to stay up to date with City Wrestling Radio. It's on the uh, thumbnail. Uh, yeah, it really is. And all the platforms you can follow is Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, Instagram's cool because we put stories. Facebook's cool because we like. I don't know, put stuff. We like getting our shit spied on by people who want to give platforms to hate groups, but, but hey, it's, it's 2000. But isn't that how um, we get exposure? Like, we get implemented in some sort of, like, overseas Whatever, scandal. Man. They're yeah. like, this podcast is involved. You, got, you got Mark Zuckerberg being, like, in a in like in like the House committee, like, being interviewed by a bunch City of City Wrestling and, Radio was the one that yeah. their podcast was with playing his, all day. With his dead eyes, too, like, City Wrestling Radio. Wrestling happened. And they planned stuff in <laughs> front of the fans. Yeah. Anyways, guys, uh, follow us at CWR4 and 5. Go buy some stuff. Tomorrow's Black Friday, and Teespring does have a sale. Uh, we, we have a sale. So, guys. No uh, doubt in my mind. Yeah, go buy go buy some T-shirts with whatever percentage off it was. Coupon code down below. Is, is the coupon code down below? No, the coupon code is down below in the information section oh. where it says that what the show is about. And then it says, oh, Damn, click here. a long-ass coupon code. Down below the information section where the coupon. Yeah, you know. I'm making it. I'm 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 being difficult today. I'm sorry. You anyway, sucked. Oh, oh no. I'm just. You know what else sucked? The raw rating. Oh, we're gonna talk raw rating. Uh, they they it it was bad. It was bad. I think we talked about it the other day on on the raw review. Um, but uh, let's see. 
Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's been pretty bad. It's like the second lowest in non-holiday numbers yeah. or something like that. And like once, you, like coming out of that Survivor Series, of course it did because you want to play that again. Yeah, they all sucked. Yeah, they all sucked. Well, now I, so, I put my soundboard down and I put my notes fine. up. Jeez. Fine. But yeah, raw. Um, you know that happened. Yeah. Um, and uh, well, not I was going to say not talking about Raw, actually veering completely away from Raw. Right. Let's just talk about our, our top story today. I think it's the whole Marl Ronaldo. Probably the st- top story. Yeah. Whole, until until we press stop record and see what the fuck happens. And then now. I, yeah. Uh, Corey Graves uh, issued an apology uh, for Marl Ronaldo, you know, for the okay. he sent out. Oh. Before you even go there. OK. Apology. I mean, I'm going to go through what he said. And it was an apology uh, from his standards. I'm not going to sit here and be like, it was the best apology. It was the most sincere apology. Let's see what he said. It was an apology nonetheless. But uh, on this week's edition of After the Bell Podcast, Corey Graves addressed a tweet he sent about Marwan Al last week during NXT TakeOver. He started with this? Yeah. What, I, would, I would imagine like he just started with this. Like, no, he started the show I, with I don't it. think he started the show with it. But oh, then that's that's fucked up. <laughs> he addressed a tweet. Um, oh, he, uh, at the start of the podcast. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. He said uh, that he never meant to offend, disrespect, or disparage anyone, and then apologized uh, the, that it was taken that way. But he did quote. He was quoted to say. <clears throat> All right, before we go any further, no. Before we go any further, on a personal note, I need to address something. This past Saturday during NXT Takeover War Games event, I sent out a tweet. It was uh, it, it was an unpopular in opinion, and I uh, as I often do, uh, with the intention of just stirring up a little controversy, maybe to have something fun to talk about on TV or on the show. It was maybe not the most professional way to go about things, and it was never meant to offend or disrespect or disparage anybody. How? It was never my intention. Uh, if it was taken and such, I apologize deeply that uh, it was not my intention. I would never intentionally cause anybody any undue stress, especially a coworker. So I apologize. So, uh, man, I just feel like this is just a boilerplate. I'm sorry you got offended type of apology that you hear from. You know what, his, brother? Don't from, get caught. From his ilk. You know what I mean? From his like, I can't. Ilk. You know. What's what's ilk? I don't know. What, it's I don't, just I don't know it's kind, his kind. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, it definitely. It seems like a, a blanket thing to, to say. But, you know, it's like. um. And he he was probably forced to make this kind of apology as well. I don't know that now. Now, now, I'm just speculating on that part. But I mean, we could speculate. Reading on it on this very thing at its surface level, I do read this as just the sort of, oh, I'm sorry you were offended, uh, apology, and I guess, I, and I guess I'll just apologize, kind of thing. That's how I'm interpreting it, and yeah. it's just it. It makes this ugly situation even uglier, considering right. um, what what was going on in Wrestling Observer Radio, uh, what from Dave and Brian, where Dave. Like he was a bit. He has. He says he has a lot more details going going on, and he was just a little bit more cagey in yeah. his regard of what he knew because he said had he had he reported had he would have reported it he would have been part of the narrative if he was to say so. Yeah. Which I. I'm still not. Sh- I'm still not really sure what to think of that in regard. But from what. Just this entire situation, like you, it shouldn't be about Corey. It should actually be more about Morrow and like, say, like, really just more about the struggles that that man has been going through throughout his entire life. You know, uh, watching right. that, do- right? Watching that documentary by Polar Rock and Roller, like, it's it is very he is very candid about his uh, struggles with mental illness and, in particular, his bipolar. 
disorder. Yeah, and uh, you know, if you guys don't know exactly what Corey Graves is referring to, Graves tweeted out during NXT War Games uh, a tweet about the NXT commentary team saying, just for the record, guys, I know you wouldn't know it, but there's an actual WWE Hall of Famer and a former Ring of Honor champion on commentary. I'd imagine they have a lot to offer. Hashtag NXT War Games. Take over. And then, that's just right. so, first off, there yeah. no one's going to fucking tell us that Nigel McGuinness is a fr- former Ring of Honor world champion. That's just not in WWE's card. Oh, I so. thought he was the Hall of Famer. No, I'm just kidding. No. Beth, I mean, Beth Phoenix would make a great yeah, Ring like, of Honor. Like, listen, man, like, and I like them both. They are putting, both great. Yeah, he's putting over those two, but at the at the behest of the your lead play by play guy, and it's just, it's. I just thought of like I thought this whole entire thing. It just made Corey look like such a toxic individual, and it really made me think of the bigger picture of what kind of an environment WWE truly is. Yeah. Where, well, you know, no, I'm like, like what Dave, like now I'm just basing off what Dave said, where he said, where he said the company is basing, who thinks Corey's the good guy in this situation. And I just thought like, oh no, I, that, that honestly, that shouldn't surprise me at this point because WWE, in my opinion, is it breeds and encourages a toxic environment and toxic people. And we hear this by multiple accounts of people but not who for are just no reason. That's the thing is that they are doing it to create an angle. And I think that's what it originally was. What? Oh no, his, his intention. Yeah. Corey, Corey Graves, Graves intention. intention honestly, to... I feel like that's just him just trying to get attention for himself. I, I, that's what I think this all was. I think this was, he was going to create some sort of <laughs> angle, which led into survivor series. Them I don't on think the booth together. I don't think he was working an angle, I, but I do feel like he felt like he was working. I think it was an asshole thing to say, no matter whether it was an angle or not. Um, yeah. but I do feel like he was building up just something. like, in, in, like right, like right. Just, just in general, just, it's just not, a good thing to say at what, all because which led to the like because he's a co-worker what happened to the week before okay i'm gonna refer this back to nwa power the week before jim Cornette said a racist joke or you know whatever and racist culturist whatever this has been compared he's been compared to uh, compared a lot to jim Cornette. yeah lately. and then what did jim Cornette do he didn't apologize he waited until his podcast to apologize what the fuck it's like you're just trying to gain numbers for your show at that point I, I can definitely I see, see where you're going with from. You know what I mean? Corey yeah. Graves pushing this. And he's saying, trying to generate controversy for you. You think he's just generating controversy for the sake of controversy. Thus, by proxy, you know, didn't he call producing himself, numbers of like, uh, producing numbers for his after the bell podcast? Yeah. Did you didn't he call himself like the maestro of controversy at one point too? Jesus Christ, dude. That's I, just, I mean, that's what he called himself that, at one point. That's just the corniest shit. <laughs> It's it's like you see a t shirt at Hot Topic. Yeah. He was like, I can't buy the AEW t shirts. And that's set. the thing, though. Like Corey anyway. Graves, he wasn't. Didn't he go on a Twitter tantrum to Dave and Brian denying the entire thing, only for him to confirm everything what they said at that pod at the, at his own podcast? Well, what it was is you know people commenting on people making you know reports of it. And he then, called him. He called. Well, he called him out and said, "You guys have my number. You can call me." And but then he called out Dave him. saying, "You know, re, you know, echoing what Seth Rollins said." Which, oh man, if I'm Seth Rollins, I'm a lightweight. I should be kind of grateful for what Corey Graves yeah. is doing to yeah. himself. But um, yeah, it's yeah. Why can't he call Morrow though? It's an ugly situation. Yeah, and the tweets are still there. Yeah, he's apologizing. Yet the tweets are still down, are, are still up there. I don't know, man. It's. I mean, I can sit here. I don't know exactly what's going through the mind of Corey Graves. I know it, it makes him look really bad. Oh it, yeah, it makes him look like a bully, and it makes, Did you him, see makes that? it look like WWE. Did you see that tweet? Stood up behind him. You see that tweet I um, sent you about uh, Sami Zayn um, 
talking about uh in my in my own opinion like in my own mind i think basically i'm just gonna paraphrase like you don't have to you know step on others to prosper yeah and then carmelo liked that tweet yeah and i'm like oh man what what is going on i wonder if that was just a random like or some people like 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 you know just go just go read whatever tweet and just like everything like everything yeah a lot of people do that and like a like yeah, one of uh, Morrow's Lost Streaks calls, oh! and you, you know what? Like, and, and I'm not here to like. Uh, yeah, I understand. Like, Morrow has his critic. Like, he has his fair share of criticism. Some of most of which I can find valid. Like, I'm personally a fan of Morrow Ronaldo, but I can see how you can, you know, how you can be critical of what how his style of commentary. Like, yeah, his pop culture references can be very, very overbearing and corny. Yeah, and um. But I kind of, I just, I find it, I find it oddly endearing in a way, but that's just my opinion. Like, it's just the the way, like, Cor- and also, Cor- like- no, here's the thing. Corey Graves has an opinion of his own. Like, he can, he can criticize all he wants to Mauro Ranallo. Just, just don't do it in a social media platform where you know you have followers that can just straight up just dunk on, like, tag Mauro and just dunk on that dude relentlessly. And I feel like that's what, and I, you know, by all yeah. accounts, that's probably what happened. Yeah. You know, and... Somebody. Well, he took his Twitter down. Yeah, he or, took his I don't, Twitter yeah, down. It was. It wasn't like taken down. It looked like it was disabled. I think. Same thing, honestly. It, well, no, I mean, deleted, disabled. You can. It's he's not there. Yeah, he's not there anymore. He's not on Twitter. And he like he said himself even before even before this whole thing happened that he, it was gonna like that he's been struggling even before the Survivor Series weekend. Yeah. Well, he's saying going into the weekend it was gonna be a really hard weekend. Yeah. For him, and I I can see why you know doing NXT Takeover then the him next day possibly going, coming back into the main roster exactly where it was a toxic environment for him before. Given you know things have changed a little bit since he's left. Apparently not. Well, <laughs> you yeah, know. Yeah. I guess not. Uh, well, I mean, you don't have like JBL. So no, you got Corey Graves, which I mean, by all accounts, there. just you know, which JBL's looking like fucking Vince every day, looking more and more like Vince every I day. I keep on hearing that. Yeah, keep on hearing that. Anyway, so best of luck tomorrow, Ronaldo. Hope he yeah. fucking gets they, through this. I mean, Stay strong, the, brother. According to according to the broadcast team on NXT this week, they said they expect him to be back Wednesday, and I, by all accounts, what, everybody says he's going to be back Wednesday. That's but, what they said on um, Survivor Series. You know, so Wednesday uh, NXT, he'll be back on NXT. Uh, no, I thought all they said was no on Survivor Series. They said we we hope to see Morrow back on Wednesday night. Mm. So and then it came on Tuesday that Morrow wasn't going to be on. Um, really, NXT. I just see. Honestly, I just hope. I honestly, I would just hope that Morrow just gets himself into a better place. Well, gets himself, you know, you know, in a better in a better mindset, and for him to be back on NXT and just. Wait, just let, let this thing, whole thing blow over. Yeah, yeah. Because you know, Corey, Corey Graves out. definitely didn't make it make it all more silent. Because I felt like when he was doing that, when he was doing his Twitter tantrum, I just thought like, dude, you're making this way worse than it should be. Yeah, yeah. And it's just it doesn't. Well, have it, to it was be just weird. Way. Even like before him putting out those original tweets, he posted that the lyrics or something from Ice T saying like, yeah, a lot of people are getting used. Not to enough people are getting punched in the mouth for the shit they're doing in for, social media. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And it was just, it was just, you know, it's like literally right after that he sends that shit out about takeover. Yeah. So, angle and you know, it's like I wonder, I wonder what the fuck's going on, you know. Yeah. And Corey Graves. And, like, Corey, and that Maranello, like he's been calling commentary like way longer than Corey Graves. Like what is, what is Corey Graves like? What right, what right does he have to criticize Maranello? And you know, more people have t- tuned in to see Maranello's commentary than they ever did to see a Corey Graves match. I mean, yeah, that's just. 
That's just that's just true. That's just facts right there, dude. They don't boom. That's, yeah. Uh, makes you really want to watch the Enzo Amore interview again. Oh, uh, what <laughs> with Corey Graves? Where he, he did said, one with Corey Graves. Oh my god, that it's crazy. Where like where uh, like Corey Graves, he's kind of putting his pride out the door and just ta- talking about like the accomplishments. You know, Enzo Mori has yeah. has made, which like apparently, like, you know, like boosting the ratings for two hundred five live, and it's like Enzo Mori just every after every question, it's like, yeah, it's just something you'll never do, you know, in regards to wrestling, and then you could just see Corey Graves just like, uh huh, yeah, okay, yeah. <sighs> yeah. <sighs> and you know, you, people are sitting there. Criti- I feel like a lot of people are criticizing criticizing Corey Graves, They're like, oh, he, you can't trust him. He's the man who left us. It's like. I don't know. I feel like you should just take this incident by itself because we don't know exactly what happened in other situations. Because yeah. that's one thing I keep hearing is people like, oh, he left his wife and now he's saying that it's like I the two don't add up. Or not the two don't add up. The two don't go together. How about just don't do social media? Or yeah. at least, you know, put your dirty laundry in social media. I just always have that rule. Just don't, whatever you're going to put in social media, just be willing to say it in real life. Well, you know, I think Morrow also like social media is probably toxic for him dude like it, it's probably not he, a good environment yeah. for him to be on you but know? it's also it's probably a little necessary for his job it's very necessary especially being a public figure for you know to have that sort of platform and but you should probably have someone handle else handle it then and hire somebody to handle yeah. it i know i know it's i know I mean, it sucks I to, yeah to I say like oh leave social media rather than Corey Graves don't do this. But at the same time, it should be both. Yeah. Like if, if Marwin is going to let things like this and people attack him, and especially when he's in the public eye, yeah. then maybe step away. Maybe, maybe this is the best thing for him it's to do. Just step that, away. You know, if maybe he just said, fuck if it, you have, if you, it's just, it's the professional way of doing this. Like if Corey Graves, if Corey Graves wanted to handle this professionally, yeah. which is something I just don't think he's capable of from what we've seen now. He should have just like step like what step aside and then just talk tomorrow personally, saying what you know what's working and what's not working instead of just you know doing what he did. And Duh. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. really that's really just all the that's really all there is to say about it. And it's just I hope tomorrow's you know I hope tomorrow nothing but good vibes t- tomorrow and allo because. Yeah. You know, he's he's always championed that whole thing where like ditch the stigma. And I just feel like WWE is just not doing a good job in regards to handling like handling the situation of Mauro Ranallo. Well, because they do because you can clearly see that you can clearly see that somebody in the company sees value in him. How could you not? I don't know if they're how are they handling like, like, yeah, they're not publicly coming out and ostracizing, you know, Corey yeah. Graves. They're not you know, publicly coming out and saying like, this was horrible. If anything, they're kind of just taking a backseat of this entire thing. Morrow isn't on TV. If anybody else would have just left, you know, after something like that, they would have been like, well, we're going to freeze your contract. Well, I mean, I'm just saying, I don't know the, I don't know what the, what's going on with Morrow's like deal anyway, like in regards to working with WWE. All I know is that that dude can do anything. That dude can do like a lot of things. Like he doesn't need WWE. If anything, WWE kind of needs him. There's a coffee bean at the bottom of my coffee. That's disgusting. Eh, not that disgusting. It's just coffee beans. But, like, Marwanalo, like, he's a well-respected boxing commentator. Like, he could just call the next... He could call Deontay Wilder versus Tyson Fury, just like that. Yeah, I know one of those guys. Yeah, of course you do. Yeah. Yeah, Mark. Anyway. anyway. Move. That, that's a story. Let's move on. And, uh, like I said... <laughs> Backstage <Lisa>. writing. <laughs> I mean, fuck. Do you got anything else for news? Uh, again, anything could happen. It's Thanksgiving, though. Uh, WWE backstage ratings decline with no CM Punk appearance. Did you hear about this? Did you hear about this? Oh, my God. 
<laughs> the timely Jay Leno references. This is what you come for for CCWR. Uh, following uh, last night's, uh, thank you for getting that, by the way. Uh, following last night's episode uh, that featured, well, not last night's episode, Tuesday night's episode that promoted CM Punk, uh, uh, you know, last week CM Punk was on the show and they drew pretty good ratings. Um, you know, they backstage average SF1 1.21 100,000. I almost said million yeah. by mistake because I'm used to saying million. Um, uh, but this week, an appearance by WWE COO Paul Levesque was the most prompted aspect of the show. Um, Did he just say NXT is best? I, I didn't watch the full. Once I heard CM Punk was it on, I fucking turned off. Dude. That's isn't that kind of the problem? Because like, honestly, look, look, if he's gonna be there periodically, like, yeah, sure, like he doesn't have to be there every week. But the week after he he's there, just have him there. The, yeah, just have him there the week after, and then he doesn't have to be there next week. Like they have to just maintain this momentum I got somehow. Re- at least one more week. I got really excited once I heard Triple H was, and I'm like, oh shit, Triple H and Punk on the same show? Uh, no, no fucking way. No, that's not gonna and happen. And then all of a sudden, that I mean, doesn't that could, happen. Honestly, that could happen because like I feel like WWE's relationship, like with more CM coffee. Punk, like WWE's like perception of CM Punk or what WWE thinks of CM Punk has definitely like gotten a lot cooler you know like the heat has kind of just cooled off a little bit well they don't say his name on tv and vince was apparently pissed at uh seth rollins for mentioning the crowd talking about because no because i'm gonna kind of side with vince on this well i won't say this i don't say this as much often but i'm gonna kind of side with vince on this one because he knows it's a match he can't deliver Uh, like it's not something he can't promise you know he can deliver it I mean, yeah, I can think of like several million reasons why he could deliver it. But, yeah, Punk you know. would gladly take some money. Again, it, it's it, it all just depends on Punk. Like maybe he really is like maybe he really is you know a man of his word in regards to this Fox, like being employed by Fox and not WWE. So he'll and just, also he'll just shit talk Seth Rollins all he wants. Also on just a great job. Whenever they showed clips of CM Punk um, coming onto the first week, they never played his theme song in that video. They played a song over it. Yeah, but which then, was really. But weird then the to, but then the WWE backstage they got to play Cult of Personality. I know. Which yeah, is yeah. A, That's like I guess because song. they you know he's been he hasn't he hasn't been employed by WWE. He's a Fox employee. No, but then like maybe they just let those let, let those Cult of Personality rights just. You know, laps. I, I like, think that's what it was. I think uh, Fox just, was like, "Okay, we'll pay the rights for that song," and yeah. then WWE was like, "We're not paying the rights for that song." It makes sense yeah. at that point, you know. Once but you then he like, got that he got that song like I want to say around 2011. Do you think like, do you think WWE Network? You think like with WWE Network show archives, like they they'd have to edit over that? I don't know. That's weird. Maybe like because he got that song like pre network, so you think that deal just did not have. Just did not have network the network on the table saying, "Hey, we'll we'll sign this deal, but then like we'll have this we have this WWE network thing, and so we can't just edit, so we don't have to edit out anything that we show." On I wonder if they service. I wonder if they struck. There's something. It's just it's we just don't know. We, <laughs> we just don't know. Don't know. But uh, backstage this week did figure or feature their regulars: uh, Renee Young, Paige, uh, Booker T, Samoa Joe, and Christian. Samoa Joe wasn't on wasn't on the Monday Night Raw show, and he was. No. Definitely, he was very needed. Let uh, me was tell he you, still injured? Uh, he like a wrist thing? Uh, maybe. Yeah, I think so. But then, even then, he uh, he was he was in Los Angeles during the raw taping, and I really wish that he was at the raw taping. The raw taping? Yeah, uh, I thought they were in Chicago. He, remember last week he was gonna. He, remember he was on commentary on Raw last week, and he was supposed to oh, be on commentary oh. this week, but then he had to do something. They're in, in Chicago. LA. This. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's doing big time, yeah, big hot, time, big boy. Anyway, because anyway. I, I think he's great. I, honestly, I feel like he's 
he kind of he's kind of just transitioning into that role, you know, long term. Well, it's great when you have an actual wrestler that does commentary. Yeah. And that can talk to. Yeah. You know, like I definitely feel like he's like kind of just like really just thinking about this like broadcast as a long-term thing because like that dude's been wrestling for a long time. So he's probably thinking knock, knock AJ, how much more, how much more can he do this? You know, considering, considering his injury, you know, that probably put, put a lot of things in perspective in regards to that too. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, but WWE backstage ratings for the past couple of weeks. Let's go through the numbers. Let's take a look. Let's analyze. I don't. I mean, we just say it was down, but what was it? Crunching the numbers here. Uh, November 5th, 49,000. So, okay. Uh, they were up a little bit after it. November 12th, 100,000. November because that was Punk. That was Punk's uh, debut. Mm-hmm. Uh, November 19th, that was last week, uh, 180,000. Wait. Yeah. No. That was, uh, the 12th, Punk was last week. The Punk episode was last week, but two yeah. weeks ago was the episode where Punk came in. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You, you know what I'm talking about. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, and then 180,000 the week of his episode and 120,000 this week. Remember, it was his first yeah. week. Just when they think they got the answers, I change the culture. I think, I think, I mean, they would advertise them for next week, but then... What makes you, because they're apparently they're on his schedule, not he's not on their schedule. Yeah, he's so busy. We don't know. He's so like that busy. dude does commentary for fucking Canadian uh, MMA leagues. Yeah, and maybe he just oh maybe he has a movie come another movie coming out. I don't know what movie would he be in. He was in that one movie, Girl this on Demand, like Girl on the Third Floor. I never personally, I've never seen it, but I heard good things about it. But I'm not much of a horror movie guy. CM Punk walks out of his house. He sees this girl moving in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hi, where are you moving into? The third floor. The end. Yeah, it's a movie. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Anyways, that's uh, that's pretty much all the news. Or at least uh, all the news we're willing to talk about. <laughs> well, I mean, what other news are my, there? I mean, Mike Canales did a podcast. Yeah, what did he uh, say? He said, I mean, like... Yeah, like <laughs> Sorry, they're just running all around. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't much. He just said he has no ill will towards WWE. He just wants to wrestle. Uh, but fuck him, I want out. No, he only wants out because he doesn't think he's he doesn't think he's, he's not being properly utilized. Yeah, or at least he believes so. Okay, I mean, it makes sense. Um, anyways, uh, and uh, I mean that's that pretty much does it. With yeah. this. Let's continue on. Let's talk about some AEW Dynamite. Dynamite, Dynamite, Dynamite. Batman Returns. Is our movie of the week? It's Bat Week, according to TNT. Um, it's Bat Week. A very underrated movie, actually. It's actually, I think of it as it's a pretty good okay. Christmas movie. It's always on during Christmas. Oh, you're talking about the Catwoman one, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, yeah. You're talking about the Catwoman. One. I'm talking about the Penguin one. Danny DeVito. Hey, whenever you got like that dude was born to play the Penguin. Wow, 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 yeah, wow. I don't. Yeah, I like the guy in the Gotham show. He's pretty good. But you're right. He is the traditional. Like Danny DeVito was put on this earth to play the penguin. Especially the cartoon version because it was very like short and stout. Very much so. Michael Keaton, second second best Batman. What are you going to say? The first one is. um, uh, Isn't it obvious? uh, Homeboy. Oh, um, Adam Adam West. Adam West. Adam Cole. Adam Adam Cole would make, would not make a great Batman. No. He's too short. But, He's great though. But, yeah. yeah, no, yeah. Adam West is the best. Maybe Batman. a Riddler. George Clooney should have been a should have been a good Batman. Actually, Kyle O'Reilly would make a good Riddler. You, I mean, <laughs> you're telling you're telling me that Kyle O'Reilly would be a good out of everybody on NXT. You think Ky- Kyle O'Reilly would make the best Riddler? Yeah, 
Yeah, because what do you think Riddle would make a good? He'd be like, bro. Like he just smokes weed, so he wears green. It it, it, it all makes sense, and man. His riddles, it all makes sense. But his riddles don't make sense because he's too stoned. It's there we go. Whatever, man. Anyways, horse dick himself, Matt Riddle. Batman Returns. We're like talking- I said, George Clooney should have been a good Batman, but that movie yeah. it's not great. I liked it for. I like Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer just seemed so insignificant. He was just, <laughs> yeah, no, it's me. I'm the Batman. You know, you're the real. Because that I felt like Batman Forever was just, it was its villains. Yeah. Honestly, I just did not think Batman was any memorable in that. I game. sing "Kiss from a Rose" every time I. You know what? That's honestly that. I feel like that's what makes that Batman movie the best Batman because of that song. It's great. It's it's greatest contribution. <laughs> yeah. Every time I play that, I'm Nicole like, Kidman. It's the fucking Batman song and brain freeze. Yeah. Damn, Jim Carrey. He did not mess around in that time period. No, he was kind of horse dickish in that movie too. I mean, that he, he had no choice. Look at that costume. Whoa! Look at that. Matt Riddle's horse dick. Jim Carrey was horse dick. Eh, you know, Matt Riddle would make a good Ridley. You're can't right. Stop, can't stop thinking about horse dick. No. Anyway, Dynamite, dated Light, Light 11, November twenty seventh, two thousand nineteen. Yeah. We start things off with Soul Train Jones, aka Virgil, in a former life. It's probably the biggest reaction he's had in about twenty five years. He didn't seem that comfortable in the ring. I mean, he's just, he's just kind of an uncomfortable person in general. Yeah. Uh, he's emceeing the Jericho giving of thanks ceremony. And right off the bat, we get audio issues of the mic because it's not being mixed into the feed. So oh, for a good the, chunk of it, we could just stuff. hear the speakers from the arena. Yeah, that was really bad. I Don't thought that was I thought that held back the second segment significantly. Well, did you see AEW Dark too when they had production issues from last week? I just when I, they tried to, every time they played a replay, you can hear the replay, but you can only see what was going on in the ring at the time. Yeah, so. they no, they do that. That that happens on regular episodes of Dynamite. Yeah, it's uh, you yeah. know these guys got these guys definitely got stuff to work out. Okay, yeah. Uh, Jericho's introduced holding the title, and what else? A bottle of champagne. A little bit of the bubbly. Thank you. The ring has an inflatable costumed animal, a giant box wrapped in paper with a picture of himself and a picture of the inner circle. He says everyone look under their chairs for coupons. He, he talks to the crowd saying, everybody look under their chairs, and it's coupons for, I think, Jericho shirts. 50 cents off uh, Jericho t-shirts. That's amazing. And I love how they were real. They, everybody yeah. showed. There was that one dude who just lost Thank his Thank you so shit. much, Jericho. Not... Definitely not a plant. Um, I don't think that guy was a plant. You know, he actually looked probably. like a legit fan. Like um, the um, thing about AEW fans, they can probably go to the crowd, and these fans are like, okay, I'm ready for this. I was, I was hoping for this. Okay, let's do it. And then they just start off with that and just feel like that's the best thing. Yeah, fuck Pac and Omega. This is the best thing that's ever gonna happen to this <laughs> arena. Yeah. Um, yeah. He and then like on the subject of bubbly, he announces, he announces there's an actual champagne called Little Bit of the Bubbly, and you can buy it at littlebitofthebubbly.com. Oh, Corey, did you? Did you try to buy these? Did you uh, try to buy them? Not yet, but the pre-order is still going on. I heard the website did crash when it, it was it announced. It definitely did crash. Um, $46 for two bottles. Because I wrote littlebitofthebubbly.com on my notes, and then I automatically made it a URL, and I clicked on it. It got fucking rammed, dude. <laughs> yeah. Your computer was just like, nah, dude. Nah, man. This ain't happening, man. Inner Circle, uh, particularly Proud and Powerful and Sammy Guevara come out, and Sammy introduces a cardboard cutout of Sammy and Jericho hugging and smiling, and they were so... And Jericho was so happy about it that he hugged and smi- uh, he hugged Sammy Guevara and smiled in the style of that actual cutout. This, and I thought it looked incredible. It, this is uh, kind of like the festival of friendship. This whole thing going on. Yeah, but it's you know good. Uh, I like festival of friendship. I I heard was good a lot too. of people really liked that. That was really good too. Um, but you know it was just very like the what do you call it the the painting of the Jericho and Kevin Owens touching the fingers. Yeah, I don't know what that painting's called. 
Anyway. It was, it was yeah, it was the Michelangelo thing. Yeah. Uh, Santana Ortiz gets Jericho a bodega gift basket containing chicletas, sandals, you know, which double as a weapon if you're a Hispanic mother or any mother, yeah. anything. A little bit of the forty. That that'll probably be a t-shirt. They're trying to get it. Uh, try to cold, get it cold medicine and a Bariqua headband, which yeah. I thought was really funny. Uh, That's pretty cool. Uh, Jericho asks for Jake Hager, and then Jake Hager brings out a goat. But I feel like the goat was too scared, so they were like... That goat had no business gutting into the arena, and I just thought to myself, AEW is over to two in making sure animals become unharmed <laughs> yeah. in these... Produ- yeah, stop pro- the animals. No, they're one for two because the Adam Page horse thing. Okay. Yeah, more yeah. horse dick for you. Horse dick. Yeah. Uh, Jake calls it Chris Jerigoat, which 1000% is going to be a t-shirt. They, well, they tried to get it a hashtag because it was in the corner, hashtag Jerigoat. Yeah. And I was like, what? This is trend? No, it's not. Come yeah, on. I don't realize, like, I do not pay attention enough to the hashtag in the corner, but it changes all the time whenever they say something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jericho asks what's inside the big box, and they lift it up and reveals New York Ranger and Jer- Jericho's father, Ted Irvine. Um, Irvine says he beat the Blackhawks and Bobby Hall in particular and calls them wimps because they're in Chicago. Yeah, exactly. And now... And, they're and, the Sears Center, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, same as All Out. Uh, he then proceeds He then proceeds to give every member of Inner Circle custom Rangers jerseys to I, Rangers suck chance. Did you see... I thought Ted Irvine was awesome. Did you see this. Soul Train Jones like reach over to try to grab a... Ch- and they were, he didn't have one. And he was like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah, and just kind of step back. That's ver- that's. I was like, Virgil. that's his character. Virgil, that's, he's the awkward. Up. He's the awkward jet guy oh, who yeah, always gets left out. Okay, that's fine. Don't worry about it. Yeah, that's kind of his thing, and it's just it's awesome. It's sad, but awesome. It's sad, but awesome. Yeah. Uh, Jericho summons Justin Roberts, um, and this, at this point, they fix the audio. They connect it to the live feed. Thank well, God. Justin Roberts was there. Yeah, and they do the whole treatment like, "Where are you from, kid?" And apparently, he's from he's from Chicago. And he gives that hometown uh, hometown pop and everything. From Chicago. He makes Jericho, and then he makes, Jericho makes Justin read out some statement from Warner Media, but yeah. then, which I, I can't repeat, but Jericho doesn't like Justin's tone. Uh, inner Circle surrounds him, beat him up, and almost chokes him with his tie and messes with his hair. Uh, shades of Daniel Bryan right there. Uh, the marching band members then attack Inner Circle and Soul Trade and Jones. I thought this was a really, really awkward ending. I thought it was a great segment. I thought it was an awkward ending cons- with SCU coming out. I thought that should have... I, sh- I feel like they should have timed that better, making it a little bit more impactful. Um, yeah. But I just thought it was it was a hilarious segment because it didn't seem overproduced. It just felt like everything just came from the heart with all these people. And... Um, it just thought it could have ended better, and I thought it was just a little bit too long. Yeah, yeah. I felt like yeah. yeah what did you think of it? AEW. Well, the Dynamite in general, the show was good, but I felt like there was a lot of lackluster endings to segments. Like it was like things were good, and they then just, just things just kind of. It's like off it's like everything. a it's like a Saturday Night Live sketch. Yeah, it's like oh my god, oh my god, good, and then it just and then oh, it just peters it, off. Oh yeah. <laughs> Uh, Dasha then replaces Justin uh, Justin Robertson announcing, and then some dude. Oh, that makes sense. And then some dude from the All Elite Fleet. I don't want to name his name because I feel like this guy has gotten so much negativity coming his way. Um, he he was some. Oh, con- oh, yeah, so he was put up there. He, he okay. So no, it was a State Farm contest, right? So it's a contest where you get to call a match on Dynamite. Oh, okay. So he was just some dude. He was a dude. I, he was not a, a professional broadcaster. He was a guy that he just entered some contest from State Farm, 
and then he won. Because and I he thought gets they were like they said he was like the head all elite fleet. They said he was the head commentator from all elite. I thought that might be like a show on Facebook. I think that I never... that's I think that's just a fan. It's just a fan thing. Okay, like if if like CWR, we're just gonna call this dynamo oh, so this guy has a podcast all elite fleet so i wish he's not a podcaster because my god this so what guy ha- what happened with this guy I, this guy I, had I tuned out when he started talking i'm glad you did because he had negative presence in yeah. comparison to the to excalibur and jr he was clearly nervous he contributed nothing even though Jim Ross kept on trying to ask him questions, he just like, yeah, 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 yeah. So are we not saying his name for some reason? I don't want to say his name because I feel like that's just going to make – it's we're just not doing him any favors by saying it. But what did he do? Like he Nothing. That was the thing. He didn't – he did nothing, but then he also kind of brought down the – he kind of brought down the, you know, the commentary because he kind of just – he was just super awkward. You know? Tony Schiavone was on uh, assignment, I guess. He was on assignment dupl- um, covering Girl. Georgia Bulldogs games in Hawaii. Georgia Bulldogs? Is it softball? Uh, it's football. Oh, okay. I think, yeah. Okay. Or or baseball. Or I know he calls Or, or he's games. in Thailand or some shit. I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. We get that out of the way. but Because I thought, at first I thought they were, like, he was the replacement for Tony for all night. and then No, it was just this match. Okay. Thank God. Oh, my God. I, I cannot even fathom that. Then, like, like, towards the end of the show, I was like, where'd the guy go? Yeah. Yeah. So no, he's like, oh, thank you guys, thank you. And then it was just an awkward pause, and then he just says, oh, thank you guys. Thank yeah, you. yeah. I, at a certain point, they were like, what do you look forward to tonight? Oh, oh. This was a really bad. Like, idea. Oh, it's gonna be a great night and everything. What's gonna, what are you looking forward? To? Oh, I just, I really, it's gonna be great lucha action. What a. Yeah. It's not. Is it was not a good Cody, idea. Cody, hear me out, boy. If you want some great commentators just enter the fucking contest Corey no just hire us we're good we're great we'd be good backstage correspondents I would take a bump for are you sure are you sure you want to take a bump from my new leader in the dark order okay but we'll get there we get a best friends match but are attacked by the Lucha Brothers uh, because Trent beat Pentagon on AEW Dark last night Uh, Orange Cassidy then goes to the top and takes the bros out the I was trying to think of a gobbledygooker. Yeah, he dressed up as a turkey as well. That's a that's a slight detail I missed. Uh, best friends versus Lucha Sorry, Brothers, and now and then well, this is this is technically our this this is our first match, and now the mics in the ring create this weird sound where the bass is just all out of whack. Yeah, like it's like a loose mic under the ring, okay. and it's like they're wrestling on a fucking drum. It, I thought boom. it sounded really bad, boom. and it was throughout the entire show. Oh. But I didn't notice it. That's weird. I was watching it on my TNT app, but then I was also watching, and then like on the West Coast, like it was on the East Coast feed, and then on the West Coast feed, I just like watched um, Pack and Omega again. It didn't seem that bad on my television. They I don't probably, know. If, I don't know. A little compression to it, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, drop kick to the par- Paradium from the top from Pentagon to Trent. Have you yeah. ever, where's the Paradium? Apparently, it's in the lower back. Sure. Yeah. yeah. yeah I'll tag to Chuck Taylor. Does a single crab, but he's kicked in the face. Topic on Hilo from Taylor. Trent pins Phoenix with a reverse slam. So this is twice in a week that, well, I guess, yeah, um, that Trent has pinned both members of the Lucha Brothers. Yes. Uh, Penta yes. in a singles match, and now Phoenix in this tag match. Next week, he'll be facing Phoenix in a singles match. Yeah. Uh, probably won't get the win there, but. I thought this was just. I thought this was a damn shame. Phoenix got pinned by Trent Beretta. There I know that. I know this is the story of them telling. This is them telling the story about Trent, Trent Beretta. This is Trent's like, story. Yeah, him pinning both Lucha Brothers. But I just thought, 
what a misuse of Phoenix. How like this was such a misuse of Phoenix because this guy is just hot off that really really great match against Nick Jackson the week before. He's hot off that one chip challenge is what it was. He's still feeling the effects of that. That was way before the Nick Jackson. I don't match. remember. I'm fucking out. Um, but I just thought. You know, I came off thinking that Nick Jackson match, thinking Phoenix should be their top guy, one of if not no one of their top guys, if not the top guy, and just for have to him to have to be pinned by Trent Brett in a in a tag match. I just thought here's the thing is that I, I think, thought it was a misstep. I, think I thought it was a step AEW backwards. People are just gonna lose sometimes. Like it's just gonna happen. Like, yeah, no, I've, there should there so should condition. be a hierarchy, but then not at the expense of somebody like a Phoenix. Why can't Phoenix lose? Because I think Phoenix is should be one of their top stars in the company. Well, like he should be at the level of pack. I know. And I know we'll get there with pack, but I just, but then that's part of a bigger picture. But then Phoenix, it's just, it just seems so whatever. Yeah. You know, I, I, I did not, he'll I have his time. I did not agree with this booking. He'll have his time. I thought it was bad. Bia Priestley and Emi Sakura versus Hikaru Shida oh and Chris Statlander. I hate with Amy her Sakura's dynamite entrance. I think that's just kind of the. I think that's just kind of the point. It's just she's so happy go lucky, and then like she, when she like uses the microphone, she like she's Freddie Mercury. She like lip syncs but doesn't lip sync. Like there's no words being said, but she's still like. Ugh. The Emmy Sakura entrance. Jim Ross calls Emmy Sakura <sighs> Oriental. Fresh off that whole Jim, fresh off that whole Jim Cornette thing, we get a call from Jim. Uh, from I got Jim one from Ross NXT. Don't worry. Saying calling calling Emmy Sakura Oriental, and I know. I meant she like the Oriental it's a very, flavor it's, of it's, Top Ramen. That's what I it is a very it is a very old fashioned term. But it's you know a lot of people interpret it in a lot of ways. But now I will say this: it's considered very not derogatory now. My ex girlfriend at one point was Chinese, and she hated that fucking word. Oh yeah. So that's you know I, that's you know that's just the that's not a right thing to say. Not, it's not a good thing to say, especially after the whole Jim Cornette kerfuffle. Do you think Jim Ross should get just, off AEW? I, I mean, I don't want to be the person to say it, but I'm I feel that. like a lot of people are saying it. Oh, good. Do you think Jim Ross should get the fuck off AEW? Nice guy. Seems like a nice guy. I just you, and, and just have it be just Excalibur and Tony. I don't think Tony is willing to do a full schedule. Well, they got to look for someone else, man. Maranalo. <laughs> Maranalo and Excalibur. And, I just think, I feel like I feel like Jim Ross needs AEW, and I don't want. I don't. Think I feel a, like, and I don't know. The thing is, like. There was an interview out there saying Jim Ross, like his life was saved by Tony Khan. And I'm just like, that's a lot of pressure being put on Tony Khan, like to, you know, well, to, wife, have, to have to have like to keep Jim Ross a year around. Ago? I think so. A little over a year ago. Yeah. So, um, and I don't think Jim Ross is going to take anything less than a commentary booth. Damn. Well, you know what? I will say this. Uh, Excalibur, Tony Schiavone, and Mara Ronaldo seem like they would be the next cast of the movie The Hangover. Every- oh, God. <laughs> In but, Thailand or something like that. I think Exc- I really do think Excalibur should be your lead play-by-play guy, and but then Mara Ronaldo is just not... I don't think he I don't think he should be doing color. Oh! Like yeah. kid in play? Those kids maybe, were in play! I mean, maybe Excalibur can do... Uh, can do color. I'm not really sure what he can do. Get that one kid from All Elite Fleet. Yes. Yes. <laughs> God. Anyway, where were we? Oh yeah, no. Statlander gets double teamed, but does a moonsault to the outside on Bia and missile drop kicks Sakura. Shida sets up the elevated chair knee, but is stopped by Sakura. They build heat on Shida. Shida drapes Bia on the middle of the corner rope and suplexes Sakura onto Bia's head. Look gnarly. Hot tag to Chris Statlander. Bridges her back. Avoid a clothesline. Oklahoma roll on Sakura for a two count, which uh, tickled Jim Ross's fancy. 
Uh, hot tag to Chris Stantlander. Oh, Bridges are back. Avoid a clothesline. Oh, wait, no, I already said that. Sakura does the stop, stomp, clap to booze. Ugh. I'm sure you really like that, Corey. Love Backbreaker it. to Chris, but the pin is stopped by Ishida. Falcon arrow to Priestley. Michinoka driver to Sakura, but Bia breaks it. Bia distracts the ref as Sakura hits Chris's back and is rolled up on the pin and win. I thought this was a pretty uh, okay match between these women, but uh, good on the AEW to use Chris Stantlander more. I um, like Chris Stantlander. Because they need to stack that roster, and she would be a great addition. Did you see her um, her interview yeah. with... Uh, it wasn't technically an episode of Undesirable to Undeniable, but you can tell like they planned it to be, yeah. but it wasn't because Cody was out for the week, I guess, yeah. storyline-wise. And uh, that was. It was oh, you're talking about AEW Dark? Yeah. 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 And the uh, Shanna. That's Shanna. Oh, was that Shanna? Ooh. ooh. Yeah, that's Shanna. Like, I was just like, wait, no, Chris Stantlander was they're not both, in AEW Dark. I can, see how you think, I can see how you think that way, man. Yeah. yeah. I just, yeah, I mixed them up. No, that Shanna video is really great, though. Yeah. Uh, did you watch it? So you saw all of AEW Dark? Not all of it. I, I, I mean, did I see remember. Omega, Omega I, Evans? No. Uh-huh. That's a pretty good match. I went back. I've watched it as I was going to sleep on Tuesday. John Moxley promo. He says Napalm. De- he he says he's Napalm Death and wonders if there's anyone out there, the type of person who's crazy or reckless, either be a hero or get seriously hurt. Try it. Short but sweet. Mox. Is st- I still think Mox is still their ace in my opinion. Center stage piece is up to monks and one woman chanting things. It must be a Cody segment. It's Dude, a match. Yep. I hate. I'm starting to hate this beginning part. It's not every time. They don't need to do it every single time. It's like it's, it's fine. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like he's just going. It's Cody, man. Doesn't matter, dude. It's Cody. Triple H only does it. Fucking. They made that state. They made that section of the stage only for Cody entrances and MJF that one time. But but it was a Cody entrance, so you're right. Yeah. So apparently, the Young Bucks did a did a fusion Dragon Ball Z fusion dance because Cody is facing a guy called Matt Nix. Oh, who's that? That's the job. That's the jobber that's facing Cody. Do we know who he was? No. Um. He apparently he's a f- indie wrestler for Freelance Wrestling, which is a wrestling promotion out of Chicago. Okay. It and seemed, which because Freelance like Wrestling got yeah a lot of people in the crowd knew who he was, which I which I always found endearing. Honestly, like just out there supporting, like just support your fellow jobber. Yeah. No, I, I liked when I when I see some of my uh, people I know in yeah. like WWE. Like I saw Will Hobbs and Marcus Lewis on SmackDown. Yeah. Oh yeah. Keita Murray on it's always, it's always like, hey, they made it big time. My baby's on television. Yeah, I love you. Oh, here we go. Marvelous Matt Nix. He's on uh, he's on Twitter. At the Matt Nix. Oh. Anyways. Sorry. That's his actual name, too. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, I bet you, like, Matt and Nick Jackson was like, this guy right here. Yeah. Nix has a top knot dyed purple, so I hope he fucking dies. Uh, Oscutter, figure four leg lock to tap out for a submission victory. I wonder what that implies. Probably nothing. What? You know, like him, they put over they put over the figure four lug lock as a finisher for Cody, which you know I don't know. Yeah, that was probably just a. I'm probably reading too much into I it. I think so because I, I think Matt Nix is he's he's a jobber here. He's not going to be in AEW for long. You yeah. know, um, so he can't he can't do the crossroads because we're going to save that save that for later in the later show, man. They, they do, man. They do. Um, you know, make sure it looks good. Yeah, but Matt Nix did tweet out after the show. He says, I'm super thankful for all the love and support I've gotten last night. Please consider buying one of my shirts on Black Friday sale. That's great. Good, That's good, great. Good on you, dude. Good, good on you. Good hustle. Anyways. Uh, Cody's still selling the ribs and the scarf from the Jericho, ma- uh, Jericho match as he gets Mike. Yeah. He calls out MJF, but two dads emerge from the ra- ring called The Blade and The Butcher that Excalibur seems to know about. Just like And just like that. We get a hashtag Blade Butcher Bunny. I got some information. But where was Bunny? 
What? But where was Bunny? We we didn't know who Bunny was at that time. At that point, yeah, we didn't know where Bunny was at this point. But then until she herself emerged, Allie from the ring. emerged from the bottom of the ring, known as Bunny. Now they were okay, Awesome which, Kong removed a piece of Allie's hair, and now she's Bunny, which I don't like. But whatever. Um, uh, the Blade and the Butcher, though, I have some information on them. They they up. wrestle for uncharted territory. Um, these men um, are Braxton Sutter and Andy Williams. They are known to fans um, on the independent scene. Uh, Williams is the lead singer of a band called Every Time I Die, and Sutter formerly wrestled at Impact Wrestling, and he's the husband of Allie. Wow! So she's now working with her husband in a wow. stable. She's married to that dude. Yeah, I think the guy with guy with the mustache. Yeah, yeah, I know. That is quite. Was, that is that is some Sarah Logan Raymond Rowe shit, right there. I was very um, uh, shocked. But hey, good on them. If they love each other, I mean, that is some that is some uh, Killian Day Nikki Cross stuff right there. Yeah. Wrestling, hey, wrestling brings people together. Amen to that. Anyway, I thought this was a very awkward segment because I left this thinking if... Well, nobody knew who I, they were. Well, nobody knew who... I mean, I thought that some people knew who they were because, you know, it's you know, AEW has like... You I mean, know, I was... Smarks, so this was Marks. I, I was familiar with them. I saw... I remember watching the one match I with thought them it was Silas Janella. Young for a fucking second. Me too. That mustache <laughs> and that... Yeah, that I was guy. like, oh shit, Silas Young is in AEW? No, that dude signed a multi-year with that trash can fire ROH. Yeah, again, I thought this was awkward as can be. I left this thinking if this was just huh? some diversion for Cody or yeah. this was just a debut that they wanted to get over. So um, here's my I don't know, man. Here's my gripe though, is I feel like they're going on to new storylines very fast. Too quickly. Very quickly. Like now Like is this is this a program for Cody? And just they're just gonna, he's just not going to he's just not going to deal with MJF for a little bit. But then MJF does the crossroads, and I'm like, okay, what's the direction of that storyline? Yeah, and it, you know, like stuff just got kind of like tangled in definitely. Tangled. And I just and, don't think there. I feel like there were better ways to debut mm-hmm. Butcher Blade and Bunny. Yeah, rather but, than but rather than rather than just interrupting your top babyface and Cody Rhodes. No, definitely. I like agree. this is a tag team, and yet he's is he, they're feuding with a guy with a singles competitor. Yeah, they could have come out. Is Cody going to be part of the singles competition? Uh, is is Cody going to find a tag team partner? Is well, he going to find his brother? You know, he did say he would never. Did he say he would never challenge for the singles title or the world heavyweight title? Yeah, he never said. He said he'll never challenge for the world heavyweight so, title. Tag so tag titles, he'll just, or he'll just make a new title. He could just make a new belt. Like, <laughs> hey, it's going to be the real belt. <laughs> that's what he calls it. I'm the real champion. Yeah. Sorry, that's what it's called now. Anyway. And that concluded our first hour of Dynamite, and I thought, man. Turn tape over at this for point, side two. At this point, I was just like, eh, this show is, uh, I don't know, man. But then we get Pack versus Kenny Omega to start off this hour. He is a bastard. Uh, uh, I tried get to that camera it. off me fucking face, mate. He is a bastard. Anyways, yeah, no, they came out. Um, Pac came out, followed by Kenny Omega. And I still hate Kenny Omega's theme song. I, can't I love it. What the fuck is your problem? V, tr- uh, um, little V. I mean, uh, I mean, I, one winged angel. He, I forgot what it's called. He, Devil Sky. He rips off Buddy Murphy too much with his wrestling too. What? Okay. okay. <laughs> uh, it's a rib, Michael. You're working me now. I'm working you. Paul Turner is a referee. Expect fuckery, except there wasn't. And the ring mic isn't fixed yet, so this is just great. <laughs> nice, great action to start. Pa- a pack counters Guitar Crusher, but Kenny responds with a Snapdragon suplex immediately. Story of the match is if Kenny can learn from his all-out loss to Pack, and Kenny attacking more aggressively with the mindset that this is a must-win, like all his matches on AEW so far. Right. 
Kenny signals for the Terminator Tope and executes it, but hurts himself on the dive. Kenny is selling the knee on the outside, but does another Snapdragon to play possum. They tease a German on the apron to the outside, which never happens if you watch wrestling regularly or if you didn't watch NXT. We'll get there. Orihara moonsault to the outside from Pac. Kenny chest kicks Pac to the corner. Three Polish hammers for a two count. Striking exchange. Bicycle knee strike from Omega, but a lariat from Pac. Avalanche Falcon Arrow to Omega for a near fall. Pac misses a black arrow, and Omega follows up with a V-trigger. They exchange pins, but Kenny gets the cradle pin for the surprise win. Yeah. I did not expect this finish. I liked it. Good quality wrestling from two of the world's best. I think Kenny winning was something he probably needed, and Pac could just take this on the chin. But no matter what, we got ourselves a rubber match, boys. And I think that's going to be the, their best one, because I thought this was an excellent match. This was way better than their all-out match, um, because that had... You know, I wonder when their next pay per view is going to be. They haven't announced it. This, yeah, I, I, I would think this is probably going to be the Jericho Cruz match. This would be on. This oh, would happen Harper on Dynamite the, the week after Bash of the Beach. Yeah, I like Bash of the Beach. It's the week. I think. And I think. Mog- and yeah, we'll we'll get there. We will get there eventually <sighs> to January in time. Yeah. Do you want to go to Jericho? What do you Cruise? think? Of, no, I'm good. Okay. I don't have my bikini yet. Uh, what do you think of the match? It was good. It ended abruptly, and I didn't like the ending. It just, you didn't I, like the ending. I thought it was. No, I thought no. it was fine. I thought it no. was just. I thought it was actually pretty good because it just builds upon. If like if Kenny Omega were to win this match, and he did, I would want it to be kind of a quicker. I I would I would think of it as a kind of a quicker stepping stone, be, considering they can have the this rubber match number three number three rubber match. They you know. Well, no. What then? Then him and Moxley are done. What? I mean, they could oh, still. God. You could still have. You could still have that match. It's so convoluted, dude. The storylines are getting so convoluted. I really, I, 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 I think it's, Kenny should have won. It's this. like a kid playing 2K or whatever. I just all I'm thinking about. All I'm thinking about is the third match. It's like this a is kid. a great match, but I'm I'm thinking like the third match is going to be something that'll just fucking knock it out of the park. I, and what I saw from the second match, I have no doubt in my mind. I mean, I'm just saying it's like a kid playing 2K, where it's like he's like, okay, I'm gonna do this storyline. Oh, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do this, and it just keeps jumping. When you say 2K. I'm a, a wrestling video game. I'm saying someone's playing a wrestling video game. 2K is not associated with wrestling. If you say 2K, people think of, bas- of the basketball game. Just let you know. We're on a wrestling podcast, Michael. I it still doesn't matter. Okay. Yeah. I'm okay. When you play 2K WWE 2K games, um, you good. Uh, good. good. You, you sometimes a kid will be like, I'm gonna do this storyline. I'm gonna do that storyline. Then you keep jumping to the next one with no thought or process into it. I mean, I know you if do. You're playing, if, you, okay, if you're playing, if you're playing, okay, if you're playing WWE 2K, you barely have any thought or process going on in general. <laughs> but you know what I mean. I just feel like the storylines in AEW, it's just they're jumping really fast to the next one, and it's with everybody. So, do you think it's just? Do you think it's just a matter of you lacking, you or the audience just lacking patience with these storylines? No, or? it's not about lacking patience because I want more out of these storylines. That's the thing. Because I'm, whenever was, I'm critical of something that AEW does, I'm operating on good faith that they'll eventually... Fi- I'm operating on good faith that they're listening and they'll actually fix it. But we're about... We're in week nine at this point. And... At I least the refs are getting a little bit better this week. Uh, kind of. I guess. I don't know. Anyways, let's continue. MJF versus Wardlow. No, with Wardlow versus Hangman and a page for the Dynamite Diamond. Insert promo from MJF. He says the Dynamite Diamond ring is forty five is worth forty five K and that it and that it doesn't belong to white trash and that it belongs to someone that's better than you and you know it. Wow. Insert promo from Page. He puts over the forty five K ring. He's not much of a ring guy. 
So he'll give it to MJF once he shoves it up his ass. Whoa. Mm. I mean, I would just take the pen then. I mean, I wouldn't work for it. I'm like, if you're going to give me the ring anyways. Yeah. Page stares down Wardlow as he tosses MJF around on the outside or a horror moonsault and then sets up the buckshot. But MJF uses Bryce Remsburg as a shield. They recap Page leaving the elite on being the elite last week and his losing record. Buckshot Lariat and pin attempt, but Wardlow puts the foot on the rope. Wardlow punches Adam Page and MJF hits the crossroads that JR calls the ugliest double double cross he's ever seen for the pin and win. (laughs) I agree, Jim Ross. It was a terrible looking crossroads. Well, he said... Yeah, he said double cross and it confused Excalibur because he was like, I don't think that was I think double that's cross. a crossroads. Well, whatever that is, because it just it just looked awkward. Yeah. I just it was bad. Yeah. Um we get Diamond Dallas Page to a modest pop to present the Dynamite Diamond. MJF takes the ring to asshole chance. DDP calls MJF's actions and calls MJF's actions have left him very disappointed. But tonight he's gonna be the bigger man and congratulates him like a man. Maxwell. Man. Maxwell. He extends his hand, but MJF gets his gum on DDP's hand. Wardlow then stare Wardlow stares down DDP. Uh, they get separated by officials to commercials and picture in picture, which I don't get because I got I was watching on the TNT app, and conveniently so, my internet blew out, so I missed two segments from this show that I could just could not get back. Oh. I missed, so apparently my internet blew out, and I guess I missed Young Bucks saving Dustin Rhodes from the inner circle. So, yeah. And some Dark Order video. Do you okay. want to say something so about I'll this t- Dark Order video? I'll talk, video? Well, hold on. I'll, I'll lead us through these two segments. So, Dustin comes out, and he calls out Jake Hagar. And he says, Jake Hagar, I want revenge for you breaking my hand. That's when, uh, you know, Proud and Powerful come out. Attack. My favorites. Um, Young Bucks come out, treasure. save him. They all super kick party to the heels. And that was that. Now, the Dark Order. Oh, that sets up the the six man. Yeah. yeah. The Dark Order. There's a new video this week. Uh, like last week, there was a video setting up, which I really loved. Um, it was about, you know, um, apparently it was evil. The man getting his sunglasses. Evil glasses. Uno's descent into oh. the Dark Order. It's a, it's a backstory, I think. Wow. They really, they really want to get this thing it's over. Not, but this week, uh, the guy's walking around, and he sees that there's a meeting. He goes to the meeting, and uh, somebody, and it looks like, Evil Uno, I think, is giving the speech this week um, without a mask because you, they don't show his face. They show behind him. They show to the sides of him. It's kind of a head. Oh, so it's guy. Tony. He's he's getting the Tony Khan treatment. Exactly. Um, but oh my then God, it kind of cuts. Um, what if Tony Khan is the real leader of the Dark Order? Oh man, then this um, I can get behind. It cuts. It sometimes it flashes the mask over you the guys face. Guys will join us, you know. Like you guys, it's be great. Dark um, order. It's but with the boys, it's by the boys for the boys. Everybody turns to the guy that comes in and they said, "Will you join us?" Everyone has a mask on, and then it says, "Join the darkorder.com. And what did you do, Corey? I joined the Dark Order. Hey, and look at me. I'm feeling great now. Like I had a really nice coffee this morning. I sure wasn't the coffee. Hashtag win. Um, I'm doing a podcast earlier. Hashtag double win. And it's Thanksgiving, so hashtag triple win. Um, Michael, do you want to know about the benefits of the Dark Order? I can really show you the dark light. Does it involve saying hashtag a lot? Hashtag Ooh. yes. No, thank you. Okay. Um, but no, apparently you go to the, I went to the website and you, it's a, it's a form you fill out. And God, you sound like a Grand Theft Auto character. <laughs> what? No, it's a form you fill out. Okay. Um, and you, you fill it out with your social media stuff and you put your internet or your email yeah, you there. put your social security number. Social security. No, no social security. Tony Khan knows where you live. And uh, and your bank account It's funny because when I click enter, it says you there's automatically no. automatically buy every AEW pay-per-view It says forward. there is no going back, and then it just cuts to the next page. I'm like, so I think I'm officially part of the Dark Order. Wait, so yeah, what go, What happens? Nothing's happened yet. 
That's the thing. They'll just send you. I think we're they're just going to send you a fucking coupon a to Dark Order man. shorts to Dark Order shirts on pro wrestling teams. No, and dude, it. and that's what I fucking. You're just going to be part of their newsletter. I love this because I've always loved when they did mystery some, ARGs. Yeah, like AR, that's what they're called. Alternate right? reality games. When you go onto it, like um, Cloverfield, when they first came out, they had yep, a whole. That's the that's the ARG, the movie. Yeah, so. I really like it, so I'm part of the Dark Order now. So this, so uh, I'm glad somebody likes it. Yeah, I you you should watch the video. It's good. The fact that it's different and it's cinematic, and it, the Dark Order obviously is not going to get over in the ring the way they just come, if they just come out and have the goons with them, then no, they're not going to get over because it it's kind of stupid. But when you add something like this and a whole backstory to it, it makes a little bit more sense and it's more fun. So I'm glad someone's having fun. Yeah, you know what. No, yeah, you know, I don't doubt you. I just, uh, it's, I, it's not, it's not, I have not joined, so I'm not feeling what you're feeling right no, now. No, it's great. I love it. Dark Order's great. The Dark Order. Anyway, main event Scorpio Sky versus Chris Jericho. Seconds are banned from ringside. Fuck you, Adam Page. Sky shakes the hand of some girl who gets a close up for a good amount of time. I don't know who that was. I don't know either. They didn't follow up with it. Loud pop for Aubrey Edwards. She was, she was very pretty, but I don't know who she Apparently, was. she's like a wrestler. Like, she's Kylie Ray's training partner. Oh, okay, cool. Who's no longer with the company anymore. Ky- oh, Kay- Kylie Ray. The one yeah. who was with Kylie Ray. Kaylee Ray is, is the NXT UK women's champion. Just not. That's just. I'm never Ugh. used to that. Loud pop for Aubrey Edwards, which is always nice to hear. Collar and elbow tie up. Headlocks. I can't wait for an Aubrey Edwards T-shirt. By the way, it's gonna happen. Collar and elbow tie up. Headlocks to start. Sky drop kicks. Jericho to the outside. Jericho dodges a pescado, but gets a single. Gets a single leg drop kick. Again, no proofreading. Second rope drop kick from Jericho, sending Sky to the outside. You have Sky sailing to the outside. They keep showing that girl Sky was staring at for some reason. It's all Jericho until Sky comes back with the uh, th- with a Thez press. Uh, and drop kicks, walls of Jericho, not a lion, lion tamer Excalibur. Sky crawls to the bottom rope. Jericho stares down Aubrey, but walks into a diamond cutter to a dragon sleeper. And Jake Hager runs in, but is stopped by Sky. SCU fends off Hager off as Aubrey is outside. A lot of outside. Jericho int- attempts to hit Sky with the belt, but reverses it into a TKO to a very great two. For a very, very great two count. The ra- the match ramps up at this point. Crowd rallying for Scorpio. Step up in Zaguri from Sky. Code breaker from Jericho to a two count. Jericho misses a Judas effect for a cradle attempt. Sky tries another step up in Zagira, but Jericho counters with the Lion Tamer for the submission victory. I thought the match really picked up by the end in an otherwise by the number TV match. Seemed like a wall to Jericho, but yeah. No, it was a Lion Tamer. Did he put, he put his knee in the back? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I bought almost every near fall and got me believing for a moment that a title change was going to happen, which was well, what, that, was everything both these guys were set out to do. And that was good. That was good that we believed that. You know and what I mean? Like, as much as I really liked, and it got me really thinking, as much as I really liked the the opening segment for how much of a train wreck it was. I thought this, this entire dynamite should have been about Scorpio sky. Like they needed, they really should have hammered the fact that Scorpio sky is the first man and only man so far to pin Chris Jericho in all elite wrestling. I feel like that should matter. And this is a world. Yeah. This is your world. This is your world championship being defended on dynamite. And I just thought this should be, they really should put over the fact that this is the biggest match in Scorpio sky's career. Like I would have liked to see Jericho in the back, like maybe freaking out a little bit during the show. Like I would love, I would love just a little quick segment. Like you okay. Yeah, Yeah, I'm fine. Like, and I know know it's a bit too much to ask, but then I would have dedicated row two episodes to, Scorpio Sky like have a lot of back like background information on Scorpio Sky and why this match matters to him yeah. rather than just then this was just another television match yeah because I thought this was actually pretty great um it w- but I thought it would have been way better had we gotten those you know I gotten more build up to it mm-hmm. 
Like, they probably should have waited until this match probably should have happened next week. And then have and then have the have the have the whole. No, I mean get, they could have they could have had some stuff. They should have built this. They should have built this a little bit more, honestly. Yeah, I guess, man. Both, they should have built it more during the show. Yeah, but yeah. I don't know about waiting a week. But, but anyways, it really just depends on how what they see in Scorpio. Yeah, guy. I mean yeah. clearly they see a lot of a lot in him. I mean that dude was the first and only man to pin Jericho. Yeah, definitely. Post match, John Moxley stares down Jericho. Moxley answers through the crowd with the nastiest saliva bubble imaginable. But that's the show. But as soon as they were going to fade to black, you can audibly hear one dude straight up shout, fuck him up, which almost broke Moxley and myself as we go off the air. Moxley guy was awesome, dude. Yeah. Omega versus Pac and the main event were really the only things I actually kind of liked or I would go out of my way to watch and dynamite. That in the opening segment. I thought that opening segment was as funny, but it did go a bit too long and was a borderline train wreck with the audio issues and general awkward timing that unfortunately lingered throughout the show. I loved it. I loved the opening no, segment. But. Yeah, no, I thought it was I thought it was good. It's just like there were just production issues that just greatly affected the whole the show in general. Yeah. I thought the MJF page match was a bit of a disappointment. Uh had a really bad finish with MJF whiffing his version of the crossroads. Page didn't help either. And I feel like what's what do you have left for Adam Page? Yeah. Um nice to see Stant Lander getting a dynamite debut despite getting the pin. It's good to see more depth to the women's roster again. But they're just showing I mean they're just showing who they have, not really um letting their roster breathe a little bit. Yeah. yeah. You know, like okay. where's Riho? You know, I, we haven't heard from her in a good while. Uh, Jim Ross accidentally sang Oriental on a live television the week after Jim Cornette's fried chicken Ethiopia joke nearly killed the entire show for me. Um, if it's it like wasn't, ev- if it wasn't my internet, um, yeah, it was probably that. I, I think like I think this was probably their easily like their. I don't want to say worst, but then relatively speaking, I do think this was their worst. It was a step back. I don't want to say worst, you know. Nine show. of nine, you're saying the ninth place. It was winner. a step. It was a step back. Yeah, in my opinion, um, yeah. they they really do need to fix those audio issues. Maybe it was a building thing. I don't think it was because I I think all out. I mean, they had all out there, so they have experience with that building. Um, but yeah, Mox and I mean, Pack and Omega was great. Um, but that's all I can really say about this show. Yeah, you know, it was good. you'll get them next time. Yeah, Tony, and everybody, and Tony Shivani will be there. Kenny, Cody, Cody. go get him um, next time. Falcor, Falcon. What's the dog's name? Who? What's the dog's name? Uh, Phoenix. Pharaoh. 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 Yeah. Not Jay Pharaoh. Not, no. Not former Ring of Honor world champion Jay Pharaoh. What? No, 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 no. That's no. from SNL. Dude. No, Jay Pharaoh is. You think yeah, Jay Lethal? Jay Lethal. <laughs> His name should be Jay Pharaoh. Anyways, we go from AEW that Dynamite. Dynamite. That was Dynamite. We go to NXT, and there's only ten minutes left because it's the overrun. No, I'm kidding. Uh, we kicked it off with, uh, well, first off, overall, my overall thoughts of the show. Um, I felt like the show went it went by pretty quickly. It didn't drag one second. Um, I thought it was actually a really good show. Honestly, I think NXT. it was better than Dynamite this week. I on, Yeah, no, I think it was. I will say for sure it was better than Dynamite this week. I enjoyed it more. Um, Morrow, still not on the show. Tom Phillips replaced him. We talked about that earlier in the I show. will say I... Yeah, well soon, Morrow. And I also, I like Tom Phillips, so it wasn't... Tom Phillips is great. Yeah, maybe he Tom should. Go, maybe he should replace Jim Ross. I, you know what? I yeah. don't know. I feel like it's just too. It, I'd be it. It would sound too much like WWE if Tom Phillips was the lead play-by-play for uh, whatever. He was no, but for Dynamite. Oh yeah, no, not for Dynamite. If Morrow goes to Dynamite, if Morrow would ever go to Dynamite, this is all pie in the sky, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's all pipe dreams. Um, if Morrow were to ever go to AEW, Tom Phillips would be a good person to fill in at back in the next team. 
Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Um, it's too busy speeding all over San Francisco. You know what? Send, sending me all these. We all messages. we almost got ran over. All right, well, <laughs> by Tom Phillips. I threatened to outside send those, the chase center. I threatened to reveal those text messages he sent me. So, yeah, yeah. Anyways, uh, Leo Rush versus Tazawa. I felt was the match of the night. But you know, I'll get into all of that. Let's get into the entire show. Uh, kicked off with uh, the the creator of Wrestle and Flow what was his name. Uh, they said the creator of wrestling in general, jo- Josiah Williams. Man. Josiah Williams. Yep, Wrestle and Flow. He uh, he does great work. He, he really does. He um, does remixes to theme songs mm-hmm. uh, and adds a little bit of hip hop to them. The hippity hop. Uh, hip hop and you don't stop. Um, he comes out with celebration uh, for the NXT being victorious with a very lovely yellow jacket. Yeah, I really liked it. He's usually, I think, he's a big fan of uh, Undisputed Era though, which I he did. He um he did Adam Cole's theme song one time. Yeah, well, he did the Undisputed Era theme to Adam uh, in Adam Cole's entrance yeah. for one of the takeovers, and he also did the Street Profits entrance. Yeah. Oh no, that was Wale. Ooh. Yeah, keep on whipping these. Um, anyways, uh, Cole, uh, they have their celebration there. Outcome the undisputed era cut short because undisputed era. Adam Cole says everyone around the ring has nothing to nothing to celebrate about because they did nothing to help their win Boo. at Survivor Series. Even though Boo. Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish lost their match at Survivor Series. That's true. Uh, fans chant, "You suck." Uh, Fish covering the ears of Adam Cole, which I thought was very cute. Uh, Cole says, "Undisputed Era are the Iron Men of this brand." And Cole goes on to say that you know what? Considering the fact that Adam, I mean, like when if, when Adam Cole says that, I think it's very true. Considering the weekend and night that he's had oh like no, definitely it, that dude is bumping for the business uh cole uh goes on to say that they won't take a night off and that's why fish and o'reilly are defending their titles tonight against uh dijakovic and keith lee i kind of felt like there was gonna be a title change but i'll get into that in a minute uh champa says everybody really sees what's going on besides the undisputed era uh and says that at war games was the beginning of the end for the undisputed era champa then uh points to goldie and says Daddy had to go to war, uh, but... Um, he won. He won. <laughs> and Daddy wants Adam Cole, and I want you to look straight into my eyes, because if you didn't find out at War Games what you're in store for, you'll find out, because there's nobody, there is no member of the Undisputed Era standing in my way. And that's Undisputed Baby. What do you think of uh, um, Tommaso Ciampa's whole daddy shtick? It's... It's weird because I'm well, he relatively familiar with like people using that as a kink term. The thing is, that's the only reason like, why he, it's weird to me. I, I people, they use it for no, Rusev. there are people who interpret daddy as his opponent, but then he considers the title his child. And yeah, he's daddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would never consider the opponent. Oh no, daddy. I hear. I remember hearing people a lot like hearing criticism of like, why does he keep on calling his opponent's daddy? I'm like, no, the title is his child. Yeah, and he's daddy. He's, he's Kratos from God of War yeah, and he, not J.R. Kratos. It's supposed to be creepy. Like, he's into weird, kinky sex things. I mean, he has girls cool. call him daddy yeah, or well. whoever he has intercourse with. These walls could talk, man. Hey. <laughs> yep. Uh, out comes Finn Balor, and he's standing in uh, Ciampa's way. Ciampa then challenges him and says, uh, I want the business to watch tonight because Prince. You've met your king. Ooh. Balor doesn't say anything, and that's when Lee challenges the Undisputed Era to get in the ring right now uh, because it's basking season. <laughs> that's a dumb line. <laughs> I'm sorry, but it was. That's oh, what, Keith Lee, fresh off being the sole NXT survivor. He, Keith Lee, there's going to be big things for him in this company. I mean, he is a big man. Uh, Lee and Dijakovic versus Undisputed Era. Uh, Undisputed Era go right after the two uh, hosses. 
Uh, Lee fights off both men after knocking Dijakovic outside the ring. Lee throws O'Reilly into Fish on the outside. After the break, though, um, you know, we don't really know what happens exactly and what, how, how it happened, but Fish was taken out of the match due to medical reasons. You said he suffered a concussion? Yep. Or you heard he suffered a concussion? Yeah, from a, a fresh off a Keith Lee bump. Okay. Um, that's when um, Roderick Strong... Like on the apron, I think. Okay. Uh, that's when Roderick Strong uh, joins the match. Um, with, with his with bringing his finest pair of black pants. And uh, was it Calvin Klein underwear? <laughs> he had black jeans on, I think. He was just wrestling in jeans. Did you wear your Calvin Klein underwear? Uh, Lee, um, Lee and Dijakovic have a very awkward stare down for a moment. I don't know where they're going with that. Uh, but seem to be on the same page because Dijakovic holds O'Reilly for the strong, strong double chop by Keith Lee. Uh, it was kind of the week for chops, wasn't it? Uh, Randy Orton and McIntyre the other night. Yeah, Randy Orton clearly did not like getting chopped by McIntyre. Yeah, I think that was the chop of the week. Dude, Drew McIntyre, like, not to get too much of a tangent, but I think they're building towards a Drew McIntyre-Walter match, and no. I want to fucking see that match. Well, I mean, I can see... He, where, I can Drew see McIntyre is the one man in WWE that has pinned Walter. And he has made it a point. Uh, he has, no. He has made sure that he let, he reminds the 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 audience know that he pinned Walter. But he's got a sexy accent. Ugh. I think I think it's gonna happen, and I want it to happen. That that'll be a really good good match. That'd be cool if McIntyre was like, I just want to move back to Europe, and no, he'll just be- do a stint in NXT UK, and then he'll like lose. But then you know whatever. Yeah. He's Drew McIntyre. Yeah. He'll take that loss. Fisherman suplex to O'Reilly by Dijek or Dijakovic. Uh, Dijakovic then suplexes Lee onto the Undisputed Era, and you know because he's using Keith Lee as a weapon. I, I it doesn't make sense. I don't like when people do that. Like they suplex. They're willing them. to. They're willing to put it all on the line for the gold, Corey. Yeah, but you could have done. I don't know. To me, it's just a dumb spot. Uh, Undisputed Era getting the heat, uh, isolating Dijakovic. A uh, hot tag to Keith Lee. Lee runs wild on both men. Lee then goes for a dive, but Undisputed uh, they they move. And trip Keith Lee. We have a triangle to Dijakovic, but Dijak lifts O'Reilly up. Strong runs in. Dijakovic grabs Strong by the throat and simultaneously hits a choke slam powerbomb combo to both men, uh, which is actually pretty awesome. Yeah. Undisputed Era try to leave, but Lee stops them, and Dijakovic hits a springboard uh, springboard con hero um, to both men. Uh, double choke slam to Undisputed Era. Adam Cole comes down, and that's when Keith Lee. Hits a massive pounce on Adam Cole. He sent him, he sent him to the fifth dimension. Uh, yeah, knocking him into pretty much the second row of well, uh, that's what they call it. Yeah, fifth dimension of um of uh what do you call those guys? Um, indie workers. Yeah, indie workers. <laughs> local talent. Local enhancement talent. Black uh, shirts. You know how like Star Trek has red shirts. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, a plant. There we go. I I sat next to a plant at one show. At an indie show, yeah, I got paid five hundred dollars for this. It was no, no. He was he was an indie, he was a wrestler in training, and I was he he sits down in the middle of the show. I'm like, what's up, dude? He's like, hey, what's up? I'm like, how do you know that this dude? Was first a- off, he was taking notes on the match. And are you, I was are like, you sure that dude wasn't a podcaster? Yeah, and then I said, okay. And then the wrestler came up, and then they did a spot together. Like he like punched him in the face, and then okay, yeah, it was definitely a plan. Should have you should have asked him how much he. Got I, I looked, I looked, and then after he took it, I said, you took that hit pretty good. He said, thanks, man. Yeah. So how much? You should have asked him how much, because uh, I feel like that's probably like what five an easy five hundred. No, dude. They, they, he's putting in his dues. He's paid in experience. That's the most honestly. Inter- that is the most intern bullshit I've ever heard. Yeah. Well, at least interns in real jobs get paid now. Good. Good job. <laughs> 
<sighs> but uh, Dijak, uh, so Dijak, he's stunned by this. Adam Cole getting thrown into the fifth dimension. We're never going to get through this match. <laughs> he's just like, I took extensive. I was drinking coffee when I, did, I took these notes. Uh, he's just like, oh my God, what's going on? That's when they hit the high low on Dijak. O'Reilly gets the pin. The high fly flow. Yeah, uh, they hit the high, the pin and the win on Dijakovic. After this, we have Kathy Kelly backstage with Candice LeRae. It was good, good, great match. It was, uh, it considering was, the, it was a good match. Considering the, the circumstances of Bobby Fish being out of commission, which apparently there's an update about Bobby Fish. Uh, I'm going to pull it up here because I don't want I don't like paraphrasing anymore, and I'm just stalling. You've used your paraphrasing points up for the Jays show. I'm sorry. Oh, shit. So you, you have to look for this. Where is it? And Come on, man. Um, Do I have to go all the way to the freaking top? I swear to God. But Bobby Fish, Bobby uh, Fish. last night, like you said, was taken out by uh, Keith Lee with a concussion. Um, in my opinion, it's like the second time this has happened. He, he's okay. He's okay. <laughs> okay. So he's he okay. was in the backstage being like, oh, I know, I'm Bobby Fish. I got a cool mustache. Oh, that's mustache. what I heard, yeah. yeah. Backstage, he was walking around, and he, people said he seemed fine. Yeah. But I mean, knows? hey, concussions are a weird thing, so. They are. They can uh, come and go. No joke. No joke. Next up, we have Kathy Kelly with Candice LeRae. Uh, all Candice LeRae, all she hears is Dakota Kai, Dakota Kai, Dakota Kai. Um, and she didn't expect this from uh, from her friend. And tonight, she's not getting into the ring with uh, <coughs> with her friend Candice LeRae. She's getting in the ring with Tegan Knox's pissed off big sister. She got a huge pop because I felt like that's a very like... Oh, yeah, no, it's a good edge for Candice LeRae going into this match. You know, yeah. there's the motivation to it. Yeah. Um, next, we have Leo Rush shadowboxing in front of a Leo Rush flag. Okay. Um, then we have Shane Thorne versus Mansoor. So um, the beginning of this match, Nigel uh, calls Mansoor, and I know this is not as bad as Jim Ross calling, uh, uh, was it, Akaroshita uh, Oriental, but he calls Mansoor a plucky Middle Eastern. I mean, that's just... I don't know. It was he's just call, he's just describing him as a Middle Eastern dude. It's not there's nothing derogatory about being called Middle Eastern because I, that's what he way, is. The, I know the way he said. Well, I don't know. I thought he was from the Bay Area, but anyways, he's okay. I mean, yeah, I'm, sh- I'm sure Mansoor. I mean, I, I honestly, the chances of Mansoor being fine about being called a Middle Eastern would be probably. He'll, the chance I, of him being fine being called the Middle Eastern is a lot more likely than Emi Sakura being fine with I being called like, an Oriental. I don't think I don't think it's comparable at all. Uh, I think by singling somebody out and by calling someone by what they are, their skin color. I mean, if anything, if anything, like Mansoor is doing a good job in a, doing. Well, a it's good just job. like what, what if I said like, oh, you're 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 a good talking like you know good talking Filipino or something like. You, I wouldn't have a problem with it. You know, that's uh, who I am. I don't know. I feel like there's it, nothing it, derogatory of just saying. The, he could saying just who he they could say he's like a plucky young upstart. Is my opinion. I know. It could have been. I don't know. I had no problem with it. Anyways, I'm just a snowflake. Uh, chops back and forth between the two men. NXT must be giving chopping classes because everybody in WWE has been uh, hitting some pretty good chops. Monsoor goes for a dive, but Thorne catches him in a Saito suplex um, onto the outside. Um, but then in the end of the match, a springboard neckbreaker to Thorne. And uh, Monsoor gets the pin and the win. So I guess this is the start of a push for Monsoor, I believe. I don't know if there's another Saudi Arabia <laughs> Again, there's show always, up. there's always, it's always been the stop and start with him, start and stop. Yeah, with Mansoor, like, oh, come, fucking Riyadh season, whatever they call it, like, yeah. hey, Mansoor, we magic, you have magically appear. We'll just snap our fingers, and I mean, they'll treat everybody like this. We'll just snap you're, our fingers. You're and facing you're, the big show. Yeah. You're gonna win. Anyway, well, it's the big show, so. 
Uh, then we have Dakota Kai versus God. Kelsey. They would. They really would have Mansoor go over somebody like the Big Show yeah. in Riyadh. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I would. I would love. I, I, I probably won't watch it, but I would love to see that. Dakota Kai versus <laughs> Dakota Kai versus Candice LeRae. Uh, Dakota Kai comes out. She has new music, and she's also holding uh, Tegan Knox's uh, knee brace while walking to the ring. <laughs> she might as well just be holding Tegan Knox's whole leg. <laughs> this is bloody Happy Thanksgiving, and she just eats it. <laughs> uh, the two ladies go back and forth, and uh, somebody yells, uh, "Kick her in the knee!" Referring to, to Dakota Kai's knee brace. Oh, real funny. Uh, but it was just very clear, and I loved it. Uh, Candice uh, hits a bocce belly t- uh, belly to back suplex on Kai on the ring apron. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, I'll say this: Dakota Kai, somebody who's getting a lot of comparisons to Bailey, and even more so now. I thought she has. I thought she looks awesome. Yeah, she looks way better. She looks like way less tacky than whatever the hell Bailey's doing right now. Yeah. I think it's a better, like it's a nat- a more natural evolution of Dakota Kai's uh, character. Yeah, definitely. Look. Um, granted, I'm not a really big picture of another unnecessary heel turn from somebody who's from a baby face who just happens to be failing all the time and just, like, ah, yeah, yeah. yeah, we, I say this a million times, but that's all I wanted to say about Dakota Kai. She looks great. She's got, the she look. does look really good. I love her new, uh, ring gear yeah. and at least her jacket kind of fits her now. Yeah. And so. she also, also she's, she's kind of wrestling like with a, she does great. She does great character work also throughout yeah, this match. Um, let's see, uh, let's see, tornado DDT to Dakota Kai, also a little botchy, followed by a kick out, running Kai kicks to Candice LeRae. Um, LeRae, though, gives a running Insiguri, though, to Can or to, to Dakota Kai. LeRae misses a springboard moonsault. Kai hits a poison Rana slash destroyer combo to Candice LeRae. Uh, LeRae looks, locks in the Gargano lock, or the Gargano escape, right? Yep. Locks in the Gargano escape, but Dakota Kai escapes. Uh, LeRae runs and goes for a dive on Kai, but hits Candice LeRae with Knox's knee brace, followed by the DQ win for Candice LeRae. Uh, Kai then throws Candice LeRae repeatedly into the ring post. The ref snatches the ring brace from her, and uh, out comes uh, Rhea Ripley for the save. So, I thought this was a pretty good match. It was um, good. I didn't like it. It uh, was okay. I, I think Candice LeRae has been really making a name for herself as you know this workhorse for NXT. I think she's actually pretty. I think she's very Is underrated. Is she the soul of NXT? No, not really. And, and Gargano's um, the heart. I, I think you. I think you got. I think you got your references mixed up. Well, no, Gargano. Cedric the, Alexander was the heart. I know. And Mustafa Ali was the soul. I know, but they've been calling Gargano the heart. And soul Come on, NXT. heart. Come on, soul. God, remember Cedric Alexander? Anyway, I digress. He should go to NXT. He should go to AEW. I digress again. Yeah, um, yeah I think Candice LeRae is mad underrated. Uh, she was pretty awesome in that War Games match. We didn't really talk about War Games that much. It's okay. It, it, it went. It, it came. It came and went. We liked it a lot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think Dakota Kai is doing a better job being heel than ba- than Bailey has been. Oh being yeah, heel that's for sure. By tenfold. That's for sure. Um, next up we have, uh, and Ray Ripley. So we'll see more of her. Definitely. I don't like Ripley as a face. I just, what? I don't. I, she, I think she's a natural okay. heel. Oh yeah, I know. But I just, I feel like she needs to be face just so she can get that title and then she could probably end Sorry, up being yeah. a heel. Yeah. I think it's just a necessary step. Next up we have Kathy Kelly with apparently to my notes, Kathy Kelly. No, Kathy Kelly with Tomasa. Man, Tampa. can you imagine two Kathy Kellys get turned down twice? Awesome. Oh, anyway, Michael, it's okay. <laughs> uh, she's with. Uh, she's doing an interview with Tommaso Ciampa in front of a Tommaso Ciampa flag. 
They have flag. They have a Tommaso Ciampa flag. Everybody has a fucking flag now. I've noticed this. Why can't they just have like like baby dolls, just so they can be they can be daddies. Everybody can be a daddy or a mommy. What if Ciampa does the whole like daddy's all here? I'm fucking. It's gonna be Snitsky. Everybody's just gonna be dead. He's gonna punt the baby into the ground. I've been playing a lot of Death Stranding, so playing with fake babies is just something. Oh, that's uh, the Walking Dead game you're playing, right? Yeah, it's very. It's it's just a concept I'm very familiar with. They're not fake babies. They're embryo. I'm not gonna get into it. You're not gonna play Death Stranding. It's a great game. Um, whoa. Okay. My, 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 that's weird. Somebody just found somebody that's not a wrestling fan. Just sent me this picture of a too cool autographed picture. Is it Scotty too hottie or is it Brian? Christopher? Oh no. If it's Brian Christopher, that's a really hot selling item. <laughs> that's uh, a, that would be a really hot. No, there's different. No, item. Oh no. Somebody altered this. Never mind. Yeah. Anyway. Anywho. Sorry. It was just very shocking to me. Leo Rush versus Akira Tozawa. Um, oh yeah, sorry. Champa said uh, Balor tonight. He's gonna have a match with them. He's NXT. He made the NXT DA show. Leo Rush versus Akira Tozawa, which I thought was the match of the night uh, for either show. This match was fucking incredible. Uh, Beth though, Beth Phoenix, she's looking forward to a lot of wrist locks in this match. Why? I I don't know. She that she said that. She's just into that. I felt thing. like it was noteworthy. A, I don't want to kink shame. Uh, Lucha style or uh, Lucha stalemate between the two men sent onto Leo's chest while he's leaning on the apron. Uh, really fast paced match. Uh, the two exchanging kicks uh, come to another stalemate with a series of pump kicks to each other. Uh, another pump kick to Leo on the apron, which led to a tossing German suplex to Rush, tossing him about ten feet out into the ring. Both men uh, beat the ten count at nine. Tazawa knocked down by Russia still goes for the bottom rope. Uh, springboard stunner, which is really weird. So Leo Rush, you know he does that bottom rope stunner thing. He goes to hit it, and um, he goes to hit it. That's when I felt like Tazawa might might have messed up and kind of fell instead of taking the shot because Leo Rush comes back and tries to hit it. I felt like he was completely expecting. Tazawa to be there because he kind of no he put the but the thing is I think the commentary they said themselves like uh, Tazawa was exhausted no Tazawa like like had that scouted because uh, he just laid to the that was a good cover for it no I think I think that's an actual legit tech like oh he's going he does this move so I'm just gonna but no I felt like if if that was I'm gonna two I'm gonna kill two birds with one stone I'm just gonna go down because I'm so tired and I'm gonna have Leo Rush take the fall on this one if that was the case by missing it. Then why did Leo Rush? He's like, subverting expectations, Corey. And, it's all about the man games. And they go for the spot literally right after, so they have well, to go hit because, it again. Like I said, like he didn't expect it. He expected the first time, but he did not expect him instantly doing it the second time. Sure, if you want to create storyline for WWE, but in my opinion, it seemed like a botch. It seemed like they went I back. I think it was a botch. Uh, let's see. Deadlift German suplex to Rush, followed by a kickout. Rush gets his knees up when Tazawa goes for a senton off the rope. Rush hits a final hour to the back of Tazawa, then goes to the opposite turnbuckle, hits a second final hour, which I guess is the real final hour because the first one wasn't the final. Anyways, uh, pin in the win for Leo Rush. Man, when they when they did that German when they did that German suplex outside the apron out the, on the apron to the outside, yeah. that's that's just a spot no one ever does in wrestling. It's crazy, and for good reason because if they. Because had Leo Rush not landed properly off that German, they would have had to Leo Rush him to the hospital. <laughs> it's funny. I like it. What's the next match? Next match is Zia Lee versus uh, Vanessa Bourne. Yeah, they the um, Zia Lee uh, before the match or yeah before the match they like showed this graphic of Aaliyah like having her broken nose and they just gave her they just they put out the most unpleasant picture of Aaliyah imaginable just like. Wee! 
like she was just sort of scrunched up and i think it was kind of, i think she was kind of like, like kind of joking around about it but then it just was just not an, a, a pleasant picture she was all bloody oh, oh my god he's, he's gonna he's gonna not he's gonna, not to that extent i wasn't gonna puke i wasn't gonna i wasn't gonna puke that's no. okay uh, but apparently, I was a complete work. They worked us. I thought it was an actual broken nose, but she didn't really get her nose broken. She's just gonna get her nose worked on again. Uh, I I don't know. Whatever makes you feel better. Whatever you want to do, Aaliyah, that's up to you. But Vanessa Bourne, she has a match and loses pretty fast. Uh, Shayna Baszler though comes out to the ring during the match, uh, kick to the back of the head of uh, Vanessa Bourne, uh, while staring down Baszler from Zia Lee. She gets the pin on Bourne. Shayna and the Horse Ladies go after Lee, but Lee fights back. In the end, Lee receives a punch and a kick to the chest by Baszler. Shayna then says, everybody's trying to take credit for this weekend, but no one had a better weekend than I. I beat SmackDown Women's Champion, and I beat the Raw Women's Champion at the same time. Crowd chants Rhea Ripley. Ask and you shall receive. Out comes Rhea Ripley for the second time in the night. Ripley goes to the ring, and uh, Shayna and the Horse Ladies try to leave. Rhea said, uh, if you have something to say, say it to me face to face. Shayna comes da- back down, and it's when Rhea tells her, congratulations, you beat Becky and Bailey, but when I went up against you, I beat you. And I don't think that's what happened, right? Shayna won war games, didn't she? War games! Yeah. No, she didn't. Shayna Baszler did not win war games. She didn't? No, Rhea Ripley p- p- pinned her. Oh, okay. Remember? Okay. Uh, and, I'll go, and I'll do it again next time before the NXT Women's Championship. Uh, Shayna says... You may be the nightmare, but I'm the reality. And the reality is, is you'll be tapping like the rest of them. Rhea Ripley challenges the game of the ring and do it now. I wouldn't be surprised if Shayna Baszler unnecessarily wins this one, too. Yeah, it's definitely. But, yeah, they have. A, it seems they have bigger plans for Shayna, and it's above the NXT Women's Championship. So um, she'll probably lose this one. But I say that every time yeah. the Shayna Baszler match happens. So who the fuck knows? Uh, next up, we get an update on Damian Priest. Apparently, he has two cracked ribs, but that won't hold him back because he's fighting Killian Day next week. Oh, man, he's going to take that splash like a man. Jesus Christ. And then we Damian get- Priest will probably win, honestly. Yeah, they're, they like Damian Priest. Uh, next I do too. He's not bad. I think he's, he's. You could go. You could do worse with guys like him. You're honestly. right. You can do worse. And yeah, you can make him king. What? Yeah, because he's pretty. People. Uh, he gets a lot of comparisons to Baron Corbin. Oh. And I'm like, dude, that dude, Damian Priest is like ten times performer Baron Corbin. Yeah, is. but he had the same look as Baron Corbin used to have, yeah. especially with the long hair. Honestly, I think Damian Priest would look a lot better without any hair. He'll. I, he's not a bad looking gentleman. That dude, that but dude he has just, a voice like this. That dude, has, he, he speaks. I like, can't wait till he has a podcast. He speaks like low key because yeah. he has a. Yeah. Anyways, then we have the main event: Tomasa Ciampa versus Finn Balor. Uh, Balor's first match back at full sale. So. Male stripper and all. Yeah. Uh, Balor trying to wear down Ciampa with a series of devastating headlocks. Uh, drop kick to Ciampa into the barricade. Then we have an air raid crash to Balor on the outside. Uh, power bomb while diving his knees into the back. Is that called Project Ciampa? Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Uh, to Finn Balor, that's where we have a shotgun drop kick to Ciampa. Ciampa then runs to the top rope, hits another air raid crash to Balor off the top turnbuckle. T- uh, Tommaso says, this is for Johnny Boy. Uh, Ciampa goes for the fairy tale ending. That's when Adam Cole comes out. Cole drops the title in the ring. Balor grabs the title. But um, the it was official, uh, what's her name? Jessica Carr. Official Jessica Carr then grabs the title from her Balor. last Her last match in NXT, by the way. I'll get into that. Uh, almost ended with a roll-up victory for Ciampa, but Ciampa only gets a two-count. Balor hits uh, Ciampa with um, what was it, a SWAT drop, they called it, or a SWAT team drop, onto the title in front of the ref. Uh, but, you know, that was uh, it was just there, and he couldn't help but just pin him. So he goes for the pin. Um, 
she, uh, she's handing the title to the Adam or the timekeeper for some reason. For instead of giving it back to Adam Cole, Adam Cole hits an insiguri to Champa, 1916, followed by the pin and the win for Finn Balor. Um, after the match, though, Finn Balor and Adam Cole stare each other down but stand side by side. Cole enters the ring, holds up the Undisputed Era logo. Champa, or sorry, Balor holds up the guns to Champa and then hits a Pele kick to Adam Cole. Uh, I fucking loved it. I love. I, I think. I th- I think, Finn, I think Finn Balor has the best Pele kicks in the business. Yes, he does. Um, it's. I thought this was a tremendous wrap up for. I thought this was like a tremendous week of Adam Cole eating shit. Yes, <laughs> that dude Absolutely. has been through the goddamn ringer. Yeah, you know, take going through that take, go, a ladder match in NXT. I mean, well, granted, he didn't take the brunt match. of it. Oh yeah, last week. You know, granted, he didn't take the brunt of that, but then. <laughs> You know the the war the, games. The war games. War games. And you saw and you saw the concerned Britt Baker on the on that shot that Marinello. Triple H was very devastated about that. He was very sorry. I didn't honestly like. I didn't want to. I didn't know that they put, uh, the director didn't know who she was and like they did. Uh, but then I didn't want to put her in that position. But hey, I guess I did. He said uh, we were looking for the woman with the craziest look on her face. No, the most concerned look on. No, him. he said craziest look, didn't he? And ain't ain't, ain't no crazier face than Britt Baker. Jeez. Let me tell you, that's such a backhanded like thing to say too, though. Yeah, like, I mean, like it's I a I feel like it's AW, just like that's just like I fucking just Morrow. Like, I just feel like AEW is just not. I, I, well, I don't, don't think they care. I don't think they like. I feel like, oh, good, yeah, show us one of our talents. Like, like people if, know who she is. If Britt Baker came like, into the ring, shit. if she came into the ring, then it'd be different. You yeah, know? they might be like, yo, dude, you can't. Yeah, and it's, I I feel like it just kind of. Backhanded compliment that lightweight kind of backfired. Yeah, and who knows? Maybe Triple H was genuine about you know that. Yeah, considering how much. Well, apparently Morrow like that. Yeah, it was. They didn't tell Morrow that was going to happen, and Morrow just spouted out. Oh, there's Britt Baker from AEW. She dynamite every dynamite Tuesday. every Wednesday. Yeah, she wrestles for AEW. All Elite Wrestling started by Cody Rhodes, Young Bucks, and Kenny Omega. I watch I love AEW Dynamite. I can't watch it live because, you know, <laughs> NXT. And uh, that's where that's why Morrow is uh, not commentating on. No, that's not true. Conspiracy theory. I love we love you, Morrow. I love you, Morrow. Yeah. Uh, but like you were saying, after the show went off the air, though, um, Jessica Carr, referee, official Jessica Carr. What a hard name. What a, what a hard name to say out loud. Jessica Carr. Jessica Carr. Jessica, Jessica Carr. Jessica Carr. Um, she, what was her last night? Oh, at NXT. Barry Calhoun. And um, she's- Check, present. Jessica Carr. Jessica Carr. Jessica Carr. Going once. Uh, but no, it was her last night at NXT, and she's going up to the main roster. She's going to SmackDown. Uh, well, the lateral move, I like how Ciampa said that, because he says to the fans, you know, we're losing one of our own tonight. Tonight, Jessica Carr is going to sm- to the lateral move to SmackDown. Daddy waves goodbye. Uh, he no, g- he does the whole wave, like that little, you know, what he, gives, he does. He gives her a hug uh, and tells her to get in a ring to say her goodbye. And she does like her best Triple H impersonation at the end of it. We I, are NXT. She, she said thank you to everyone. She goes, thank you to the zebras and the bat. You know, and the sheep. <laughs> that's funny. And like that. That's what they're going to be called from now on. I never knew that, but it makes sense. Um, you want to be in the know. You want to, you want to say as much insider terms as you can. So that's when she says, you know, we are NXT. She says at the end, we are NXT. She didn't thank Triple H, though. And I felt like Triple H was like, yeah, all right, whatever. It's <laughs> she cool. gets to the back when she she's going to be like the when the Miz. Hey, so won. you're not going to SmackDown anymore. You're actually fired. Like she's going to be like the Miz when he won the title where he, shakes, he extends his hand to Triple H and he just doesn't do anything. He just keeps on clapping. Yeah. Yeah, just like that. 
It's exactly the same thing going I hope, to SmackDown. I hope Jessica Carr, uh, I wish the best of luck for her on SmackDown. Um, you know, I think it should be a good They're trying to get their Aubrey Edwards. You know what? Just ha- have a match. Jessica Carr versus Aubrey Edwards. Um, okay, well. Uh, next week, uh, we got some shows coming up. AEW Dark, we got Brandon Cutler versus Jimmy Havoc. Oh, looking Sha- forward to it. Sean Stapler Spears. guns and everything. Sean Spears versus uh, Sonny Kiss and Santana Ortiz versus the Jurassic Express. And on SmackDown uh, on Friday, who is the new face of the Firefly Funhouse? And that's all they're promoting. That's kind of the weird part. Do you think it's a puppet or do you think it's a person? I think it's a puppet. I think it's a person. Okay, we'll find out. I think out. it's Liv Morgan. We'll find out. Oh, God. I, Poor Liv. She posted a picture of that WWE logo upside down. So okay. that's all I'm saying. Guys, don't forget to like. <laughs> just share. like The Miz a lot. Don't, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe at CWR45 Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Happy Thanksgiving to all. And if you're not in America, yeah. hey, happy Wednesday. Thursday. I'm just kidding. No, we love everybody. <laughs> happy Thursday at that point or whatever yeah. Friday, whatever yeah. day it is for you. Yeah. Uh, hopefully I didn't date it too much. Guys, have a great turkey day and we'll see you later. <laughs> Bye.